Welcome to Bix and Fritz, Encouragement to Live By. This is a podcast produced by Connections Church, a church committed to reaching and serving the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis and St. Paul here in Minnesota. The vision of Connections Church is to build relationships as we build God's kingdom. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you will be encouraged and receive insight that will help you take one more step closer to Jesus. Welcome to Bix and Fritz. This is episode seven of our Bix and Fritz encouragement to live by. And once again, because of the coronavirus, Bix is not with us here today. So it's just myself, Pastor Ray, and I've got two guests here today, and they're brothers, David and Michael. Um, I'm going to let you guys say your last name because I think I've pronounced your last name like 15 different ways. (laughs) And every time I pronounce it, I pronounce it different. So you guys tell us your last name. Yep, um, I'm Michael Ayeni. I'm David Ayeni. Okay, awesome. Thank you guys for joining us here today. And we're actually videotaping this one too. We've never videotaped our uh, um, podcast before, but we thought this would be really uh, appropriate to maybe use this as a videotape as well. So Michael and, and David are students here at our student ministry at Connections Church. And Michael, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm Michael Ayeni. Um, I'm a senior. I just graduated. And um, I'm going to Rochester to play football. Yeah, I'm mainly a football guy. I just like to, you know, relax and have fun. Okay, cool. David. And I'm David Ayeni. I play football and basketball as well. I'm a junior at Anoka High School. I'll be graduating next year. And, uh, yeah, just love to play football, have fun, and, you know, be with Pastor Ray and with the church. Yeah, cool. Now, for the people who are not seeing this on video... You guys got to tell us your size, because I am sitting like amongst two Goliaths here, and uh, those who, those who are not can't physically see this. I just want you to know the size of these guys, because I'm feeling like a little shrimp here next to them. <laughs> Michael, how big are you? Yeah, I'm 6'2", 290. Okay, 6'2", 290. David? Yeah, I'm about 6'2", 211. So. Okay. <laughs> so I'm feeling a, a little... Uh, uh, inferior here next to these two giants. So, but they're they're really neat guys, and and I wanted to bring Michael and David on and just talk to them about some of the things that are going on in our region here, especially the Minneapolis area. And just last week, uh, there was a uh, a police officer that uh, took George George Floyd's life, and it was on a video, and it was really a horrific scene. And about a 10-minute video that has literally gone viral, not just here, but literally across the globe. And it's really a terrible scene. And as a result of that, a lot of, uh, uh, there's been violence, there's been uh, vandalism, there's been uh, marches, uh, and all kinds of things that are going on in the area right now. And just uh, for you guys, uh, David and, and Michael, what when you first saw this, I believe it was on Monday. I was actually out of town, so I didn't know the exact day that it happened. I didn't know until a couple of days after it happened. But um, w- in light of that, this whole everything that's happening, what is your first response when you see the protests and the uh, the violence and Uh, things like that. What's your first reaction when you see that? Um, My first initial thought when I saw this was, I just pray for peace. I pray for peace in the earth that nobody should have to live in fear, especially just being a young black man. Living in fear is just something that you just don't want to have to do. You shouldn't have to get phone calls from your mom to stay safe. 
yeah. um, expecting like you could get shot at any moment. Just, just pray for peace. Yeah, that's awesome. And Michael, I appreciate that. And I, I think that's a that's our re, that should be our response. Our first response as believers should always be to pray. So I appreciate that. And David, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I was just more in a state of shock after seeing that because I I'd seen it before, but maybe in places like Florida and California, yeah. and it just felt so far away. But you know, Minneapolis is only seventeen minutes away from where me and Michael live, and it's just crazy to think that it's stuff like that's happening so close and yeah. so close to home. Yeah. Yeah, that is wild. And and Michael, one of your responses was that you went down there. Mm-hmm. You went down there for one of the, the to for the peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. And I believe the the George died on Monday, is that correct? Yep. Again, I don't remember the exact mm-hmm. date. Did you go down was it Tuesday, Tuesday that you went down? Went down, there? down so there. nothing had happened yet no, as far as no. the the bad side of the marches and mm-hmm. the violence and stuff. So you went down there on Tuesday. Tell me a little bit about that and why you went down there and then what happened once you went down there. Why why did you choose to go down there? Mm-hmm. So I had not planned to go down there at all. It happened all spontaneously. Um, so I was um, on my way to go play basketball, actually. I had um, got one of my friends from Blaine, and he said, we need to go to this protest. Like, mm-hmm. he was very convicted about it, and I was asking him why. He said that one day we will be, our picture will be in the history books, and I was like, wow, that sounds cool. <laughs> so we took the trip down there, and we went down and we just immediately felt the pain in everyone, like the pain. I looked around, I saw the pain in people's eyes, black people, white people. It didn't matter what color they were. They all had pain in their eyes and it was peaceful and it was moving. So it was just a great thing to be around that day. Yeah. Now your friend, you had told me earlier that your friend said something that, is this okay to go down here? You you were kind of walking carefully mm-hmm. whether you were going to get out of the mm-hmm. car and be a yep. part of that or not. And what made you decide to, to stay in your car or to get out of the car? Yeah, so we had um, we had heard like some rumors that maybe that stuff was going to get violent, so we just wanted to be on the safe side. So we had gone down there, and we w- our plan was just to check it out, see like what the energy was, and then decide whether we were going to join in or not. And we went down there and we saw everyone that was just praying for peace, just the same initial reaction I had. So I felt that it would be the right thing to do to join them. Yeah. And so then when, when you came home, what, how did you feel about that after you were a part of that, that yep. peaceful protest? So when I came home and I had seen the news that um, the Target and all of that rioting was going on, it just, it made me kind of wonder, like, what tipped them over to that point where the the change happened, because it was all peaceful when I was there earlier, and I was I was kind of in shock when I saw the rioting, and it just made me wonder, like, what changed? Yeah. Wow. And now, Michael, you had mentioned that. Uh, um, Nobody should have to worry as a young black man whether you can walk down the street or be worried about being shot or uh, things like that. Are there times where you guys feel that? I mean, do you sense that sometimes as young black men? I, I didn't ask you guys your age. What, what was your age, Michael? I'm 18 years 18? old. 18? And I'm 17. Okay, so 17 and 18-year-old young men. But you don't look like young men. I mean, you, you're grown men. Yeah. And so you don't look as young as what you are. 
and whether you look like it or not, the fact is that being a young black man, is there times where you feel like you're threatened or you could, you got to be careful the way you carry yourself or where you go when things. Mm -hmm. It's almost like all the time. Cause our mom will constantly tell us that, you know, be careful what you do. Don't drive over the speed limit. Like, Make mm -hmm. sure you're doing things that won't even put you in a situation where you have to be confronted by a police officer. And yeah. it's just having that shield constantly because you know, being African-American, you have a target on your back and on yeah. your front. And at all times, just making sure that you're protecting yourself and being safe. Yeah. And, and Michael, you said that nobody, you, in, in your sentence there, and I had never heard you say this, but you said nobody should have to have their mom call them and say, be careful or you said your mom and I assume that your mom has actually done that and called you mm -hmm. and yeah. what, what is, how does that, how does your mom deal with that with you? You know, she's just upfront with us. Like this tells us like the world that we're living in today, like anything can happen, especially like just the way you look, you know, they might, like you said, we uh, look older than we are. So they don't, they might not know that we're just kids and that, they might try to just do something. So our mom lets us know, like, we what to say safe, like, be respectful and just make sure that we're moving in a certain way where nothing could bad could happen. Like, couldn't put us in a situation to yeah. ever even be shot. Yeah. Are you guys driving? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you both have your license and you drive sometimes, like, to school mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to work and to work out. I know you guys are doing a lot of training yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So you are driving sometimes on your own yeah. mm -hmm. without your family also. Yeah. So, okay. All right. What the, I, I mentioned to you guys before when we talked that when I first saw that, and again, it, it had been a day and a half after George Floyd died, that I, I watched that video for the first time because I was out of state. I didn't hear it. But when I watched it, as soon as I got home, I had heard enough about it that I went on and I logged onto it and I watched that 10 minute video. I tried to find the full video and I watched the whole thing and my heart just sunk. I mean, as anybody and all kind, every emotion came up, anger and, and uh, sadness. I mean, everything came up. And as a, as a white man watching that and you know, immediately people started going into the race place with it and dealing with it. But when I watched that video, I didn't really see a white officer and a black man. I just saw a man literally having the life taken from him at that moment. And and I don't know if that's good or bad that I didn't see that as a a white officer and a black man. I don't know if that's good or bad. Sometimes people say you shouldn't, you, you know, be in colorblind is a good thing. Sometimes they say it's a bad thing. And there's, and there's ditches that people go into, especially when it's such a high emotion situation. And need, usually when you go one ditch or the other, it's not a healthy place. There's got to be a happy medium here. But just from your guys' perspective, hearing me say that, knowing that I'm, I'm a white pastor here in the area, and I didn't see, I just saw him as a human being. And I believe God's God created all of us equal, and I my heart went out to him as a man who had, whose life was taken right there. How do you guys perceive that, or how is that? Um, is that a healthy balance? Is that is there should I see it in a different light, or what? What's your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, um, initially seeing the video, I think it should just be seen as a human being treated wrong. That's the first thing that everyone should take away from that video. 
But then after that, after having time to take it in, the color does play a factor mm-hmm. just because being colorblind is not totally something that's always good because I think that color tells a story about who we are yeah. and um, where we come from. So I think that it should be seen, but shouldn't be seen as a threat or something negative or something that should be uncomfortable to talk about. It should be something just like the clothes we wear, like something that we should be proud of and embrace. Mm. Speaking of the clothes you wear, I was just thinking about this before we made this because we were going to videotape this. Mm-hmm. Your mom gave me a Nigerian shirt. Oh, yeah. And I love that Nigerian mm-hmm. shirt. I was going to wear that for this, this uh, <laughs> yeah. the video here. <laughs> but I forgot I forgot mm-hmm. to put it on. But I love that Nigerian shirt because mm-hmm. it's a beautiful shirt and it's all yeah. kinds of colors. It's just a typical I think it's a typical Nigerian shirt. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that. Yeah, I've yeah, never never been to Nigeria, but mm-hmm. um, it is a really cool. What David? What are what are your thoughts about that? As far as um, you know, that was that was really good, Michael. I appreciate that. You know, that at first, you know, we see it as a, a human being, but mm-hmm. then we have at some point we have to address the race issue. Yep. And I think that's really wise beyond your years, but it's also a good insight for me mm-hmm. as a, a not only a white man but a white pastor. So, David, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I really can't put it any better than what Michael said. You okay. know, just seeing race is a beautiful thing and embracing it and trying to be proud of it. And, like, you know, it plays a factor because something like this is just, like, it's not just one man. It's just a series of events that keeps happening. So, yeah, you know, kind of just have to put it into perspective sometimes. Yeah, good, good. M- Michael, did you hear what he just said? He said he couldn't put it any better than what you said. <laughs> so you just heard your younger brother say he couldn't do it any better than you. So I just wanted to make that for the record there. Okay. I'll give him that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, that's good. I appreciate that from you guys. How can, how can we, again, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm not a, a, a sociologist. I'm not a, I, I'm, I don't know all that other areas and stuff, mm. but... I do know that God cares for all people and all men are created equal. And um, how would you guys say, how would you encourage me as a leader or a pastor in this area? How would you encourage me to, to challenge our people to think outside the box and how we can really help in situations like this? Yeah, I think the best way is just, just like this, what we're doing right here is having conversations with someone that, truly feels and understands what's going on and just being willing to listen to them and hear what they have to say. Although you can never really feel like how it is to be in my shoes, but just putting yourself in that, that little like perspective for, you know, a few seconds just to try to understand a little bit. And I think, you know, just being willing to have this conversation is just one of the great things you can do. Yeah. So, so just having the conversation, sometimes I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I want to do something. And the, the biggest question that I've heard from people in my congregation, from pastors, from leaders in the community, the number one question I've heard from all of them is what can we do? Mm-hmm. What can we do? And sometimes I feel like a social media post, you know, we, we, we are behind George Floyd or we support George Floyd. I, I, I don't I don't feel like that's doing really doing anything. Yeah. I don't feel like a social media post. But you're telling me that just this conversation like this is a helpful thing. At least it's a step yeah, in the right direction. So you're telling me that that is helpful, yeah. and maybe the social media posts are are helpful also. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like we just post it and yeah, just we feel like we've done our thing, and then we mm-hmm. forget about it. We go about our life in suburbia. Mm-hmm. 
and um, but there are there is some help, yeah. some benefit to that, but especially the conversation. Yep. So that's good. That's that's good for me to. My, Michael, would you add anything to that? Um. Yeah, I would just like to say, not even as a pastor, just as Christians, mm, yeah. we good. we are called to love our neighbors. So, at times like this, we can't be silent. We should support, especially pastors who are preaching the word of Christ. We have to show our support in in any way you can, either speaking, donating, social media, just some sort of some sort of action behind um our ministry. That would be great. Dude, you're sounding like a preacher. <laughs> you sure the Lord wants you to play football and doesn't want you to go into preaching? Nah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and you're talking a lot more. Last time we talked, David did all the talking. Yeah. But you're talking a lot more. It's good stuff. I like it. That's really good. So, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, any other thoughts that you guys have as far as dealing with the, the race issue or even the you know, do you want to address the violence that's happening or the peaceful? You know, last night was a little calmer. Mm-hmm. It's Saturday night. Um, the last two nights before that were horrible. I mean, mm-hmm. hundred over 100 buildings have been burned. I mean, there's obviously two different groups here. Mm-hmm. You've got the peaceful ones that you went to on, mm-hmm. on Tuesday, mm-hmm. but then you've got some people here who are really taking advantage of this and just... They've got an ulterior motive, and I, I heard somebody on the news yesterday or two days ago say that when they when they were lighting fire to that building, they did not. The furthest from their mind was George Floyd, mm-hmm. and I think they're just people who are taking advantage of it, and and that's that's obviously wrong. Yeah, and um, I, I also one other thing um, I'm going to come back to give you guys the last chance, but I wanted to just deal with one other issue here too, um, when. When we see, if you haven't watched the George Floyd video, I encourage you to watch it because it it we need to see that. It needs, you know, I've heard some people say, "I just can't watch. I just can't watch." I think we need to see that. Yeah. And the reason we need to see it is because from the I, I believe the Christian worldview is the only worldview that can explain what happened there. Mm -hmm. And they can only explain it because there is sin in this world. And sometimes we forget. To or we forget or we don't want to admit that there's sin, and we just talk about all the good things on this earth and all the how we need to be accepting to every single person and everything, no matter what they do. But if there's good in the world, there has to be bad, and if yeah. there's good in the world, there has to be a basis for something good and a foundation for what's good. And we know that came from God Himself, mm-hmm. who created everything and created every person. So there is sin in the world. And there is an answer for that sin, and we know what that answer is. That answer is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we know as Christians what that is. So this should be a motivation for us to be out there and reflect Christ, you know, the fruit of the Spirit as a result of those people who come to Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So just with that in mind, what what to... You know, you guys are going to a public school here. You've got been in the public school your whole life. Mm-hmm. So you've seen the good and the bad of the public school, and that's a debate in and of itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what would you guys, is, do you have any other um, thoughts as, as far as you could help, that things that you could say or things that I could say or any of us, that even the church could say to help people understand and, and learn more about this issue and how to deal with it? Mm-hmm. I would say for churches, 
just come with clear prayer points that attack the message right on. Don't beat around the bush. Don't just pay or pray for peace in general. Sp a specific specific the situation and get to the root of it and come with clear prayer points that are concise and deal with the situation. Yeah. And then I would also say just, I know the attention has switched from the peaceful protests to the riots, just based on the media and how everything is like being conveyed. Mm -hmm. But I will say, don't let that um, ruin your thoughts of anyone who's protesting or who's going out and actually doing peaceful things in the name of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just like Michael said, there's there's certain things that need to be prayed on and certain people that we know like their viewpoints are slanted and aren't the way that they they should be and we need to pray that God helps those people realize that what they're doing and what they've done is wrong and also just you know like Michael said that the riots and the protests is two completely different things and you know when you're able to go to a protest and feel how the people are there and just understand how hurt they are and how much they hate what the riot rioters are doing because they actually live in the city of Minneapolis like you realize that the protesters only want what's good and what's right. So, you know, I just think that's something that kind of gets confused right now, yeah. especially just with all the attention that the media is giving the riot to and like trying to stir together with the protest. So that's just one thing I'd make sure like everyone just keeps in mind. Yeah, we kind of lose that. And, and unfortunately, our media has sensationalizes everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what happens. They sensationalize it. And they're just looking for the, the big story because that's what sells mm -hmm. viewers mm -hmm. and that's what sells newspapers. And so there's they have a, a, almost an obligation to sensationalize so that they can get more sales. And we need to be careful of falling into that trap because that brings us to one ditch or the other. And we lose the pro the focus. Yeah. I mean, the focus is this man lost his life and there was a cop here who did what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And even that issue um, with policemen, the vast majority of policemen are good people and they really have a concern. They're, they're in that position for a reason because they care for people and they want to protect people. Yeah. And just because there's one bad cop doesn't paint all cops bad. Mm -hmm. And so even that issue, too, is a, there, there's so many moving pieces right. in this that uh, it's, it's really it's kind of fascinating. But I want to just bring it back to our, our, uh, what you said at the very beginning, Michael, and I think you hit the nail on the head when I asked you what your response was. And your immediate response was to pray. Because we realize that it's not about rehabilitation. It's not about legislation. Mm -hmm. It's not about changing the way people think. It's about changing people's hearts from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And that can only be done through Jesus Christ. He's the one who knit our hearts together. Yeah. And he put us together in our mother's womb. And so who can change us better than Jesus Christ? And without a relationship with Christ, that's a, the mandate of the church to go and preach the gospel to all people is should be in the first and foremost of our minds right now as believers in Christ and especially in times like this because that's where our hope lies yeah. so I want to I'm going to end with one last verse but before I share that verse I just want to give you guys the floor anything else that you want to say to our listeners we got people all over and and you know what we got people in our church in our and we're not that big of a church mm -hmm. but we've got people who went down there in protest mm -hmm. With peacefully, mm -hmm. I, I don't think we got anybody in our church. I hope we don't have anybody in our <laughs> church that did the violent <laughs> protest. We have policemen 
in our church that are down there. We have National Guard that are down there. And we have people on every single aspect of what's happening here. There's people from our church that are down there and on the front lines, per se. Um, And knowing that there's some different viewpoints, there's different political views. This is not a political issue either. I mean, Mm -hmm. you may or may not agree with the governor. You may or not agree with the president. You may or may not agree with the mayor. That doesn't matter. God places those men in position for such a time as this. Whether they're Christians, whether they're following Christ or not, we have an obligation to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And it irritates me when we start saying we're going to chase this person out of office because it's a political issue. It's not a political issue. It's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. And to continue to come back to that. So I'm, I'm kicking into preacher mode now. i gotta, I got to shut up and let you guys mm-hmm. talk. But do you guys... Uh, um, have any last thoughts for our listeners, knowing that we've got people on every spectrum of this issue, in our, even inside of our church? Um, I would say continue to speak up, use your voice, use your power, use your privilege, use whatever you have, whatever talents you have, whatever supplies you have, anything you have, use it to support. Just keep on going, be consistent, because the only way that change is going to happen or any real justice is going to be served is by being consistent. And I would just say, yeah, use whatever you have. And you ha- and if you haven't spoken up yet, try to speak up. Good. Okay. Thanks, would, Michael. Yeah, I would just say it's, you know, it's about sticking together and being together on all this. And if, if everyone can come together and, you know, we have a powerful attack, with everyone who supports this and believes that what's going on is wrong, that, you know, there's nothing that can stop us from seeing justice and making sure that, you know, like something like this just never happens again. So I would say, you know, text whoever you need to, you know, let them know that you're there for them, that you love them, that, you know, you do anything for them and just tell them that whatever, you know, you, they, they feel like you can do, just ask them to tell you so you can help out in any way you you know, they, they need you in. So just, you know, being together. Excellent. Excellent. Guys, thank you very much. This is, this is so helpful. And again, for those of you who are listening, I want to remind you, this is a 17 year old and an 18 year old young man. And just to hear what they're experiencing and what they're going through, but also, just to hear their wisdom. I mean, I, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your your focus on, on this is more than just a racial issue. This is a spiritual issue. And and I appreciate that. And and again, I just keep coming back, Michael, to your, your first response is just to be praying mm-hmm. and pray for peace. And because apart from the Lord, I, I honestly believe when Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, we can't do anything. I mean, that means we couldn't take the very next breath apart from the grace of God and uh, so we need to, we need to, it'd be foolish for us to not turn to the Lord during this time or any time in our life. So I just, I really appreciate you guys a lot. And uh, I respected you guys a lot even before we came in here, but my respect has gone off the roof here. And you see those ceiling tiles popping up. <laughs> That's my respect level going up for you guys. So I just, I really appreciate you guys a ton. I want to close with this verse. It's from Second Chronicles 7.14. We've, I've shared it this morning in the message. Um, and I'm going to share it a lot because I think it's very appropriate to what's going on. And it's Solomon challenging the people of Israel after he completed the temple. And he says this in 2 Chronicles 7.14. He says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven 
and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Once again, Solomon, the wisest man that ever walked the earth, challenges his people to turn to the Lord, to fix their eyes on the Lord, seek the Lord, humble themselves and pray and then the Lord will not only forgive our sins, because each one of us are sinners, every single one of us have sinned, not just the people out on the streets that are doing stupid things, but every one of us have sinned. He will forgive us our sins, and he will heal our land. And that brings us back again to that very first thing that you said, uh, Michael, is just praying for peace. I believe God wants to heal our land, but he wants us to humble ourselves first, and he wants us to seek him first. So again, man, I just I can't thank you guys enough taking your time um, and just appreciate your hearts and appreciate how you're allowing the Lord to shine through you guys during this time. So thanks, man. Yeah, thank we got, we're going to shake hands here, even though COVID's in, and uh, but we're on video, so we got got to shake hands. So yeah, appreciate sure. you guys. You guys are awesome. Let me close with a word of prayer, okay? Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for uh, young men like David and Micah who really do understand the importance of putting you first. And even in the midst of the struggle and the pain and the hurting and the fires and the violence, there are peaceful protests there and there are people who really are striving to improve our community and our culture and ultimately pointing people to a relationship with Christ because we know where that that's where our hope really lies. Pray that you just continue to help David and, and Michael be that spokesman, to be out on that front line, not afraid to speak forth the truth of what you want us to hear. And I pray that we as a, a church, as a community, as a city, and a surrounding area of Minneapolis and an entire nation would truly fall on our face and seek you, humble ourselves and seek you first and foremost. And keep that at the forefront and not allow any sensationalism or anything else to take uh, precedence over what is the real issue here, that a man has lost his life and justice should be served, but yet we also need to draw people to turn to you with their whole hearts. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.